going to the grocery store or I guess it depends on where you live, but a lot of states, including the state where I'm at right now, is no longer requiring masks. Um, masks, an issue that became so divisive in this country, um, and still people continue to be uncomfortable uh, about masks. Join the conversation on Facebook at hashtag America's Healthcare Challenge or like our page at facebook.com backslash America's Healthcare Challenge. Part of it is that I feel like I'm going to have to rewire myself so that when I see somebody out in the world who's not wearing a mask, I don't instantly think you are a threat <laughs> or you are selfish or you are a COVID denier and you definitely haven't been vaccinated. I mean, we're going to have to rewire the way that we look at each other because the CDC's guidance, which she just told me, we are sure, is that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask except in very very specific circumstances. And so that means as we change that as a country, we are going to look at each other differently and have to unwire MB- our MSNBC's post Rachel Maddow on her opinion on the masks. Um, who would have thought that this issue would have gotten so divisive? I mean, I even remember almost last summer I was driving across the country. I was driving through the state of Massachusetts listening to uh, local radio, listening to callers talking in about how kids – uh, playing outside and uh, shaming of kids for not wearing masks. Um, but one thing that was interesting on the issue of masks, besides the fact that we're unmasked and it appears that the COVID numbers are going down and hopefully that this thing is behind us, is that there's been some um, inconsistencies on whether or not they were actually needed. And this information came out this week as the emails for Dr. Fauci through the Freedom of Information Act were... Um, uh, were uh, revealed, and uh, there's some interesting things in there. But first, let's listen to uh, Senator Rand Paul and him as they uh, have a have a exchange uh, during a Senate hearing. It would have been about two months ago on this very issue. And um, as the emails came out this week, Rand Paul uh, seemed to be a little bit delighted. Let's listen to their exchange two months ago. Instead, you should be saying there is no science to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any sign. I I totally disagree with you. The point I'm saying is that there are variants in now circulating. The point that Senator Paul was making was that if you look at wild type only, there is some clear cut credence to what he's saying. But we are living right now in a situation where we're having a dominance of 117, which was the original UK. We have a very troublesome variant in New York City, a 526. We've got two variants in California, a 427, 429, and we have a number of others. So we're not dealing with a static situation of the same virus. But then this week, information came out that maybe the masks weren't that important, as Fauci uh, talking to former Obama HHS Secretary Sylvia Burwell in an email where she asked if she needed to wear a mask during the early days of the pandemic, and he said it was not necessary. 
The American public this morning getting a rare look into how its highest level leaders operated in the pandemic's early days. And now the focus on Dr. Anthony Fauci's view on where the virus started. That's after several news organizations obtained thousands of pages of Fauci's emails under the Freedom of Information Act from the first months of 2020, including one sent by Dr. Francis Collins, the head of the NIH. Its subject line, conspiracy gains momentum, linking to a story on a Fox News report suggesting COVID-19 leaked from a lab in Wuhan. Fauci's response, blacked out. Many dismissed the idea of a lab leak in 2020, but it's now gaining momentum after a U.S. intelligence report that three researchers at that lab got sick weeks before China confirmed its first case. The emails also show the founder of an institute, EcoHealth Alliance, with ties to the lab, thanking Fauci for supporting the theory that COVID naturally developed. Some NIH funds aimed at collecting samples went to the Wuhan lab via EcoHealth. The Wall Street Journal writing in an editorial this morning, it's reasonable to ask why Dr. Fauci was slow to accept the possibility of a lab leak. Did you agree at that time in April of 2020 that the lab leak theory was a conspiracy theory? No, not necessarily at all. The the situation is that we didn't know and we still don't know what the origin is. Fauci, the nation's top infectious diseases doctor, now under fire from conservatives who suggest he didn't do enough to investigate where the virus originated. We need to get to the bottom of this. Dr. Fauci needs to be brought in under oath to answer questions about this. But Fauci points out the NIH is not responsible for such an investigation. During the pandemic, remember, Fauci faced fire from some of the former president's supporters because Fauci backed pandemic precaution. And to give you a sense of what else these emails show, when a Chinese scientist wrote to Fauci to check in on him, quote, being attacked, the doctor responded, all is well, despite some crazy people in this world. Craig? That's NBC reporting on the Today Show. We're going to continue to go through these emails and bring you anything more that may be of interest. If there's anything you'd like to know, please share in the comments below. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, the things you need to do for Medicare uh, as you sign up. Maybe you're uh, approaching that age. Maybe you're helping a parent uh, go through that process. It can be overwhelming and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. And we're going to tell you some five tips that we've found that have worked quite well when we come back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. I'm Sean McGuire. Please check out our Facebook page when you get the chance, facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. And we're also online at edbellis.org. We'll be right back.